you're going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy certain point if you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status we i mean i'm not even i'm not even saying eat meat but at least put some cereal in the milk come on <laughs> you that's like taking 666 the mark of the beast and redefining it like biggie tried to do and saying no it means this or that no, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Many times we lose patience with God when there is a delay in things we want or desire. But when there is a delay, we lose patience. In our realm, our time is linear. Look at somebody say linear. God's time is different since he knows the future. Amen? Look at somebody say, you got to wait. You got to wait. Many times you have no idea why you're waiting. But God knows. Look at somebody say, don't rush, God. don't rush God. You will mess up stuff up. Some of you will mess stuff up forever. Yeah. Psalms 27 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen that heart. Wait. I say wait. <laughs> on the Lord. He just put the little be of good courage and strengthen that heart in there. What he was really trying to tell you to, to do is wait. Even if your heart ain't strong, wait. Even if you're not in good courage. Wait. He said be of good courage, but you don't have to be of good courage to wait. Just wait. Bottom line. Look at somebody and say wait. wait. Some of y'all in here right now, God is saying wait. Some of y'all, as soon as y'all leave, you're going to go out to eat and you're going to talk about how you need to leave this church. And we don't know how to tell Pastor Craig. Well, wait. <laughs> Just wait. Maybe God is about to speak something into your life and something is about to happen. Look at somebody said, don't blow it. Many times, after waiting without results, we attempt to move on things that we feel are taking too long to manifest. This puts us in a dangerous place. Some call this the permissive will of God. But it's really not the will of God at all. It's our will. That's what they don't want to say. They want to say permissive will instead of my will. This is what I want to do. I just want God to kiss it. Basically, I just want God to allow it. I want to do it so bad. Y'all know how many ministries have started like that? God will permit it. Wow. This is his permissive. I'm not in his perfect will. I'm in his permissive. But we all God's children. Are we really? Proverbs says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. So you got God's way. And you got man's way. 
And even if you think it's right, if it doesn't line up with the word, it's the ways of death. It's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to you blowing it. It may feel right. It, you know, that was the one thing that, you know, I, I love that Brother Will brought out in the uh, uh, Truth Behind the Black Church. Because that's the argument I get from Masons. Masons feel like all the good they do and all the hospitals the Shriners have built and all the people they have helped, they feel like that justifies bowing before a false god. They feel like because they built hospitals or Catholics feel like because they have schools. That because they're helping people, they are pleasing God. That means that there is a way that seems right to them. This just seems right. I'm doing good things. It's got to be right. Look at somebody and say wrong. wrong. No. Only God's perfect will is right. That's what perfect means. Amen. The permissive will, if you ever wanted a definition, here's a good one. The permissive will of God is that will which God does not decree to occur. Nor is it his will since it is not in accordance with his law. So the permissive will ain't no will. God's permissive will is his will to permit sin to occur. God allows man to rebel against him and in this God permits people to do things he doesn't want. When we operate in his permissive will, we are in error. Is that plain and simple? How are you going to be in his permissive will and be right? If the permissive will is stuff he don't want to happen. Try to have a permissive will with your mama and daddy. See what happens. I told you you couldn't go to that party. Well, I, I, I know I'm not in your perfect will. But I'm in your permissive will, you know, and I'm going to go on and go. You're going to get killed in the permissive. If your parents said don't go, then that means there's going to be consequences if you go. And they're not going to wait till something jump off at the party to get you. They're going to get you when you get home. You better hope something jump off. You see what I'm saying? It makes no sense. How you going to do what God said don't do and expect God to just be cool with it and say, well, I'll permit it. They taught us this growing up. That you could actually live in the permissive will. But you know what I found out? That whole permissive will scandal was just to keep people in church giving. Yeah, they had to get you somewhere to be. Heaven had to have a ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Heaven can't be first class only. There has to be a coach section. For the folk that just ain't gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep missing the mark. I'm just gonna barely ooze and scrape my way in. So we have to allow for that. Because usually people like that are the ones, you know, that's the Masons and the, you know, because they don't play as the false God. So you gotta make an allowance so that they can scrape their way in. And you have to come up with a place for them. That's the permissive will of God. So the preacher is basically preaching two sermons on Sunday. A sermon for those that pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in 
There is only one calling in Christ Jesus, and that is the So the preacher has to preach to the first class citizens. But then, you know, you gotta, well, you know, now, everybody ain't gonna get it right. Some of us, God has to give us time. There's grace in the time. Two sermons. So then the perfect will people are like, the permissive, they're having all the fun. <laughs> they get to club, go to the strip club, they get to get drunk, smoke some weed, they get to party, pop lock on the street for money, they get to do everything. Watch the nasty movies. And, just, and even though God don't like that, he'll permit it. It didn't make sense to me when this brother told me that. He's like, I'm in the permissive wheel. My mom was just like, like that boy in the Transformers. I just start seeing symbols. Because <laughs> it didn't make no sense. You know, something just don't add up. I was like, and I just, I got to get back with you. Because it ain't adding up. Why am I preaching to two groups? The good neighborhood and the ghetto of heaven. See, in the permissive will, I'm going to heaven. I'm just not going to have no jewels in my crown. That's what they say. I grew up hearing that. I, now, I'm going, we're going to the same heaven. I'm just not going to get celebrated in heaven. <laughs> Wherefore, I was grieved in Hebrews with that generation and said, this is God. They do always err in their heart. And they have not what? If you don't know his ways and his ways are perfect, yeah. His perfect will, it's only one. If we find peace in the place we are in, we will not need to move ahead of God to find it. In other words, peace and contentment must be established before we can ever move to a different place in God. Because in his spirit is peace and contentment. So don't think God is going to take you anywhere if you're not content. Not just content but have peace. Well I have peace. Yeah but your husband don't. Aren't y'all one? I got peace and I'm content. Yeah but your wife isn't. Aren't y'all one? So peace and contentment must be established before God's going to do anything. You talking about worldly peace? Because you got some money and nice clothes? So you cool? We ain't talking about that. What good is money and nice clothes and your home is a wreck? You that selfish? Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as who giveth. We ain't talking about worldly, fleshly stuff. He said, not like they give you. I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace I give to you is real spiritual peace. So you can be content. That is the whole crux of the matter. Without contentment, something is wrong with where you are. But if something is right about where you are, you'll have peace and contentment. It may not be the ideal place to live. 
But because that's where God dropped you off for now, peace and contentment. Many of you had to live in the un, in an unideal environment. Roaches, roaches. Yes. We had one place we lived. We had scorpions. Remember that? I got stung by him. He's like, you better have the Holy Ghost in this house. Scorpions. But not deal. But we found a way to have fun, didn't we, Tanya? We just found a way to enjoy it. Didn't get all we wanted for Christmas. Sometimes you had to just play with the boxes. But we'd make the boxes something. We were kids, man. We just deal with it. I want my kids in a better environment. Your kids don't know where they are. They're going to have fun wherever they are. That's you. But peace and contentment has to be established. That's probably why a lot of you are there. God is testing your peace and contentment. How would I move you forward and you hard-headed and ridiculous now? When we are not content, excuse me, then we are looking to move prematurely. Contentment is an attribute of trust and faith. Without these components, we are not in the right place. The only way you move God is faith. That's what the Bible said. So if you're discontent, you have no faith. That's what the Bible said. Without faith, it is. It's what? Impossible to please God. I ain't talking about goofy faith. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about real faith to where you are content with what you have. And if you never get anything else, you love God the same. You treat God the same. You know them first. God ain't got no fair weather Christians up in heaven. When things are going bad, <laughs> things going good. <laughs> Praise the Lord, saints. I don't have to because everything's good. Things go bad. Praise the Lord, saints. <laughs> and everybody in church knows say, oh, oh yeah he something happened <laughs> <laughs> he lost his job again <laughs> jumped through the wall no <laughs> things going good <laughs> praise Lord saints Anybody grew up in a church like that? Come on. You knew everything that was going on in people's houses by the way they was acting in church. I mean, before service starts, people coming in, you're Willie that got locked up again. Sister Sarah's wayward son is in jail again. The place where God has us may not be ideal in our own minds and hearts, but peace and contentment should be available if it's a part of God's plan. So listen to this. You got to hear this and hear it, please. The place where God has you, it may not be ideal to you at that time, but 
peace and contentment is available because it's where God has you. Does that make sense? If it's where God has you, peace and contentment can be found. If you act right. That's just where he has you. But many times we place ourselves in positions that are not God's will and we cannot find godly contentment because it wasn't his will for us to be there. These are natural, look at somebody say natural. There are natural steps that we all must follow and natural principles that we cannot defy. If you want to get to the percussion up there, you're going to have to walk up these steps. If you get up here any other way, it's hoodoo. God is not going to fly you up here. The devil might, but God's not going to do it. There are steps you have to take to get up here. Y'all see that? If I want to get up here, now I mean I could just take one big step, but I might hurt myself. You know what I'm saying? So why don't I just take the steps to secure my footing? Makes more sense, don't it? Too practical for some folks. Too easy. Many times we are praying for things that defy natural steps that God wants us all to experience before moving forward. God, I don't want to use the steps, Lord. I don't want to use these steps. I want to just be on the instrument. I got the faith to be on the instrument. And God is like, you don't need the faith to be on the instrument because you got steps. These prayers will not be answered. We must pray his will to receive from him. And he only has what? He only has what? And if you pray that will, the Bible says it will be done. That will, the one will. Anything else is not his will. He ain't honoring that. He's not answering that. Is that plain and simple? First John says, and this, the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything, what? Not a permissive will, but his perfect will, because any will he would have would be perfect, because he is perfect. He said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. How could he have a will that's not perfect? And if you pray it according to his will, then he what? He heareth us. So that means if you don't pray according to his will, he won't hear you. Praying his will. Number one, praying for money. We must work for money. Amen. How many of you know you got to work for money? How many of you know that you can't pray without working? God got to have some way to get the money to you. Amen. So you, 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 you can't pray for money. And so when you come into money, that don't mean it was God. How about you work for it? You get your check every month and you're just like, God gave me this money. Well, God is like, well, not really. You really just work for it because the atheist got the same check. Yes, yes, 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I ain't no need being spooky. You know what I'm saying? These are money principles that cannot be defied. We cannot expect God to pay our bills for us. We must work to do this. That's right. Amen. Why is God paying your bills and he didn't make the bill? You made the bill. You sucked up all that AC. Think we want to look at the blimp view and say, well, God allowed it. Well, yeah, you can say that, but you can say that with anything. Say that with the dude that broke in your house. Well, God allowed it. Understand what I'm saying? You can't just you, you can't just use that carelessly. You have to realize that you have responsibility in this realm. If you want to eat, you have to work. We must work to eat. Amen. Or oh, the amen standing out because somebody believed that every check that comes came from God. And God is telling you right now through me that that's not the case. It came through a law that's in the earth which says if you do not work, you do not eat. And you can be in the Lord and starve. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't work, you don't eat. So why are you praying for money when you got to work to get the money? Amen? Now when you get a, a job and you get money, then yeah, thank you Jesus. Thank you God for blessing the work of my hands and allowing me to be able to land this job. Thank you for opening doors. But uh, if you don't have no skill, then um, natural laws that you cannot defy. Praying for good health. Natural law. We can pray for good health and healing all we want. But we cannot pray for it and eat McDonald's every day and never exercise. Don't come up to this altar and waste my take. Go sit down. Can't even praise the Lord. Because you won't exercise. God heals, but we have to exercise and keep good fuel in our system if we expect to maintain the good health God has granted us. Sure, birth defects and things of that sort can be healed by God's power. But things under our control should be maintained by who? Ain't nothing wrong with eating a little cake here and there. But cake can't be your meal. Can't walk around with a honey bun as your wallet. Got credit card jammed in it. You thirsty? You go into 7-Eleven? Get some water. Why you gotta get the double up gup? I don't need no gup. Y'all have a bucket. I need the bucket gup. Because that's pretty much what the do. I mean, they, they, I thought they ended at 64 inches. I was wrong. I mean, 64 ounces. They got like a bust your throat gup in there now. I mean, it's a heavy cup. I mean, it's got to be heavy. It can't even be paper to hold all of that juice and ice. Ice, just big rocks of ice. I'm like, man, why do you need that much soda? You know what I'm saying? Why are you drinking that? And they come out and... You ain't that thirsty. Well, just get the smart water. They scared of that. They system going to shock. And then in the hospital... Like the old folks say, sugar diabetes. They want to let you know that it ain't just diabetes. <laughs> As if there's another kind. Sugar diabetes. 
Yeah, see, that, you know, technically it's type 1 and type 2, but old school, it was diabetes and sugar diabetes. That's type 2. Sugar diabetes. You weren't born like that. You acquired that. Because you kept eating socket tummy cakes and that cake socked it to you. <laughs> You're just a crackhead. Crackhead. In the middle of the night, you just in the bed, just dreaming about it. Can the brothers pray for me? No! Ain't nobody praying for you. No! Be sick! Big gulp didn't even fit in the back seat, it was so big. Just gave you a PVC pipe instead of a straw. our attitude we ain't even thinking about it until now we need prayer and supplication when you gonna have a prayer line where you take everybody's medicine <laughs> I ain't catching no case up in here taking your blood pressure medication and then you die oh I mean if you're gonna believe God then let me, let me see you change your eating let me see you stop worrying about stuff why would I take your blood pressure medication and you still gonna worry and do dumb stuff. But this message, boy, I'm telling you. Praying for increase. Praying for increase. We could pray for jobs, but we should be qualified for the job as well. See, the prayer of Jabez didn't tell you that. Prayer of Jabez just told you to claim it, call it out, say it, increase my borders. What if you ain't in the position for that? What if you... You know what I'm saying? You can't just pray a generic prayer. Lord, increase my borders and my boundaries. Enlarge my territory. Why? I'm sure God has answered some folks. Why? Why would I do that? You dumb in the small territory. Why would I make it bigger? You messing with folks' lives in your house. Why would I put you on a platform? going to give you a job as a surgeon if you have only a ninth grade education. Anybody didn't want to be a doctor, you better go to school. Unless you're just going to work on folks in a van over on (laughs) on Barry. (laughs) What, you need an appendix too? Come on, come come around here. I'm I'm out of those right now, but uh... (laughs) God is not going to bless you to be a lawyer and you're a felon. You're a felon. You know what I'm saying? You are a felon. I didn't make you a felon. God didn't make you a felon. He didn't even want this permissive will that you be a felon. You chose to rob that bank. So you can't be a lawyer. You can do other stuff. But you can't be a lawyer. So why are you praying that? See, this is too practical for people. Some of them are looking like, well, you ought to be able to pray that felony off. No, just don't do the felony. How about that? How about we just don't be a felon? And there are financial barriers that we must adhere to if we want houses and cars. Watch this, y'all. God is not going to give you a house if you cannot afford the upkeep. See, I can't get no amens in here. These folk looking at me like I'm crazy. But amen, God is not going to bless you with a house and your income hasn't changed. Now if your income is good and you've just been saving and putting money in the bank like some people in here I know, then that's, that's one thing. 
But if every month your bills is matching your income, look at somebody and say, wait. Wait. And he's not going to give you a car if you can't afford the maintenance. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Is this practical stuff that's making sense to you? So why are you praying for a new car when you are in the car that you can afford? And you know you can afford the car because you make a whole lot more than what the car costs. You know you can afford where you live because you make more than what where you live costs. I can't get amen. That's all right. Let me get out of people's money. Praying for spouses. We cannot pray for a wife or a husband if we're not ready for it. Amen. You know you. How many of you know you? You know you. You know your nickname is the Black Widow. You mate and you destroy. God, give me a good man. Why are you going to kill him? Won't you become a good girl first? Uh-oh. Did I just preach on that? Dude, won't you just get some sense first before you start looking for a wife? I'm looking, I'm looking. And they all looking away. God is not going to unleash your hell on one of his sons and daughters. Just not going to do, God ain't going to do his people like that. God would be doing his son or his daughter wrong, hooking them up with some of you. And you know it. I know I'm, I know I messed up. Then why are you dating? Well, I just, I just, I don't like being alone. That's your problem. If you ever get alone, maybe God can pair you up with somebody. You all on Christian mingle. Christian mingle. It's good for us to desire a spouse because it's God's plan. But we must be in a place that warrants it and not in a reckless state. Any person we gravitate to while in the wrong place will be a wrong choice. God desires us to be in his will when we seek out a wife and he wants women to be in the right place prepared for the husband that finds them. God desires us to be in his will when we seek out a wife, men, and he wants women to be in the right place. In other words, you don't seek out a husband. He wants you to be in the right place prepared for the husband that what? Finds you. That don't mean you shooting up flares. What? What? No, I'm not. No, no. I don't address that took batteries. It's just lighting up and flaring. He just came to me out of all the women in the church. It's because you wore your underwear to church. You know, when you dress sexy and provocative in church, you ain't going to get no good man. The good man is fasting and praying to not look at you. I just preached the sermon. I know I preach. I know I preach. I just got a standing ovation for that, shouldn't I? Wasn't that good? That, that was great. The real good man is like, because Sister Lacrise, she's on 10. I can't look over there because I'm just going to mess my worship up. You catch that man dressed like that? No. That wasn't a good catch. So I ain't no need to comment in here and just, you know. You know what I'm saying? We 
sexy in church? Why are you sexy in church? That's not how you get a good man. I'm praying for some old mothers to come here and pull you to the side. And we'll see you sitting in the audience with a choir robe on. We're like, oh, y'all starting the choir? No. But we wrapped her in swaddling clothes because she was a distraction. Amen. Ain't no dress code in here, but have some sense. Amen. I ain't telling you, you can't wear makeup. Now that's a bunch of foolishness. But come on now. But you got to be in the right place if you want a husband to find you. Amen. Praying for power. Men, the same thing with you. No Eddie Long shirts in here. <laughs> we can see your heart beating. It's too, it's too small. <laughs> Praying for power. If you want more God, then you must have less of self involved. What happened to the power? What happened to the, what happened to the people? They're not hungry. They're full. They're enjoying the permissive. We can pray for the spiritual gifts of God to operate through us, but if we are carnal minded, then we will not experience it. The Bible says the carnal mind is against the spiritual things, so the more carnal we are, the less spiritual we will be, and the more ineffective we are in the spirit realm. Watch this. We will get smacked around and straight up whipped by the devil if we are trying to be spiritual and carnal at the same time. Just doesn't work that way. Summary! We must understand how to pray and believe for God's will. The whole permissive will delusion was created to make people feel they can do their own thing and yet be in God's way of blessing. But that's not, look at somebody say, that's not biblical. It's just not written. You can think it all you want. It's not written. The Bible teaches us that there is only one will in God. And his will is perfect, not permissive. When we do our own thing, then we are defying his plan. We cannot defy his principles with the prayer of faith. Does that make sense? You're going to defy him with a prayer to him? You're going to defy his way with a prayer to him? Your prayer is going to go against him and he's going to hear it and honor it and it's going against him? We should only pray and believe for what he wants and trust him for the answer. After all, how can we even trust him if we don't trust him? You don't trust him enough to live for him, but you trust him for his blessings? It's like being married and expecting your spouse to treat you good, but you treat them bad. He is moved by faith and not by us doing our own thing. Second Peter 3 and 17, I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, so that you can watch out and not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. I don't want you to lose your own secure footing. Why did, why, did, why did Peter tell us that? Because people doing the right thing and God is blessing them and they look and they interpret folks doing the wrong thing getting blessed and their mind starts being affected by it. Remember David, what did David say? Fret not thyself of evildoers. 
In other words, their time is going to come. But don't fret. But that, he said that because it makes you fret. It's like the, the, the prodigal son. The prodigal son left and did the fool and spent the money and all that. And the son in the house is like, okay, he's getting the party and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that's right. Why is he getting the party? Remember what the father told him? He said, everything I have is yours. So you already getting everything anyway. So let's just have this little party for him because he came back. But everything I have is going to you. You're the good son. You see what I'm saying? But he fretted. And that's what happens. We see evil, the evil, the Bible calls them the evildoers. We see them prosper and we start having questions. But you don't understand. That's not, money is not prosperity. Things are not prosperity. You go into their house, you go into their heart, you find they tormented. Their marriage is a wreck. You find out all kinds of things are going on around them. They just interpret money and having stuff as God. But it ain't God because everything else is jacked. So this is what Peter is saying. Watch out. Don't be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. Don't be worrying about what these folks are up to. I don't want you to lose your own secure footing. But grow in the special favor and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be our glory and honor both now and forever. Does that make sense? We all are shooting for the perfect will. Amen. Everyone bow your head. Bible says I strive for perfection there's no other way Paul says I forget those things that are behind me I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling the jewels in that crown if you don't get that you got nothing the jewels and in the crown are for those that overcame the world period if you didn't overcome the world you're of the world if you're of the world then you're not his God, I just thank you, Lord, for your truth. And I thank you for just sorting out things that we grew up hearing and we thought was this and that. God, you just seem to shed so much light in this place. And we thank you for it. We don't want to take it for granted. We don't want to take it lightly. And God, we definitely don't want to ignore it and do our own thing. So I pray right now, God, for every one of your people under the sound of my voice that heard this message, God, I pray right now that they would strive for your perfect will. Lose all of the lazy, I just don't want to do right attitudes, God, and strive for your perfect will. Not as childish people that think that they can defy natural laws with prayer and defy natural principles with prayer but God mature believers that have matured in the faith that know when it's natural and when it's spiritual know when it's time to pray and know when it's time to get up and change God I pray that you would just enlighten this body with that Lord so that we would be a people ready to receive you when you return In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas. 
or donate online at www.exministries.com.